forever. Dog. Hi, hi, hi. It's Sydney. And Marie. From the Unofficial Expert Podcast. We're here to tell you what you need to check out this week on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Let's start with Treks in the City, a podcast hosted by Alice Wetterland and Veronica Arsario. And they welcome back fan favorite guest Paul F. Tompkins. Talking about Star Trek, the next generation, space fashion, intergalactic sex, and so much more. But why stop there? Check out more great Treks in the City quarantine episodes with guests like Amanda Seals, Yodoya Travis, and Forever Dog podcasters Tom Sharpling and Mitra Johari. And if you missed it on Sloppy Seconds, Big Dipper and Meatball interview actor and comedian Lauren Lapkus from the Netflix movie The Wrong Missy. Do you know what it's like to grind on David Spade? Well, she does. And of course, hello, you already know, we'd love for you to check out and subscribe our freaking show, The Unofficial Expert, where we talk to our favorite comedians and friends about their fields of fake expertises. We had some incredible guests like Devin Walker as a reform hoe expert, Alana mm-hmm. Glazer as a friendship expert, mm-hmm. and Forever Dog own Meg Stalter as the church expert. So laugh and learn something absolutely ridiculous by subscribing again to the unofficial expert thanks for listening and for all the latest forever dog updates videos and episode clips make sure to follow forever dog team on twitter and instagram now enjoy this episode forever dog Hello, 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 hello. Yeah, you know what it freaking is. It's, it's iconography, baby. I'm Io. And I'm Olivia. And you're listening to the podcast where Olivia and I talk absolute shop. We get into it. We talk celebrities who are icons to us and to a special guest who we invite. And then we ask, will this person stand the test of time? You know how it goes. Unless you don't. In Unless this case, is your first time. Then hey. Welcome. Welcome. This sort of calm energy will go away. This absolutely will go away in two seconds. Before we introduce our guest and get into the celeb that they want to talk about, Olivia and I go through our own icons of the week. These are just people, places, things that have been moving to us this past week and who we know you need to know about. So Olivia... May I ask, who is your icon of the week? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I feel like you did Angel Olsen. This is true. I would kind of like, even say last week. Perhaps even last week. <laughs> perhaps, the week before. I don't understand how time is working anymore. It doesn't and exist. To, to that point, I would like to give a little shout out to one Miss Adrian Lenker. Oh, love Big that. Thief. Very, very good. The new album is out. And I spent a lot of time this Sunday listening because I was trapped in Manhattan good. this Sunday. Good. Really uh, bad. <laughs> in between visits with various extended family members. And I found myself. Oh my uh, God. I know. I had to be, I, it was a whole thing. I had to get brunch with my God mother at 10 a.m. and then I had to meet my like mom's 
cousin's stepdaughter to talk about NYU. I'm not even trying to like be like, this isn't like a thing, but you're not even like a, fa- like I'm like a family person. I know. So for you to have to like family for a whole day. I know. And in the middle, I was just stuck in Manhattan waiting for the second thing. So I was sitting in Hudson River Park. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Looking out at beautiful New Jersey. I've got the picture. <laughs> listening to Big Thief. Mm-hmm. Just kind of basking in it. Love. And I felt uh, very moved. It was one of those things where I was like, I love living in New York. Um, <laughs> And yeah, that's me this week. Mm. Aya, where are you at? Okay, well, folks, uh, it's Iowa Motion Watch. Yeah, <laughs> for the past few weeks, I've been sad as hell. Um, and babe, it's only going on more. No, it's fine. But I've been crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a lot of planes. And my yeah. whole thing is like crying as the plane is taking oh, off. Yeah. Like I love to like hear the rumble and be like, yeah, it's coming. Like, <laughs> oh boy, like the sobs, like the quiet sobs. They'll be masked by a jet engine. I mean, they won't. I feel like I always cry more on a plane. I mean, I'm a big plane crier. And it's like your face is dry and it's only yeah. getting drier. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like there's not always tears, but it's like you're like, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. So um, my cry of the week sort of, <laughs> so, so, sort of, if my icon is not my own tears, it is the music of Nick. Oh, who is surprised? Who Who is surprised surprised that I also listen to Nick Cave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only gets worse. Um, This album is so good. It's uh, called Ghostine and it's like very emotional. He had twin sons and one passed away like a few years ago and then he just started writing this very emotional album and it's like the apex of like everything musically that he and uh, his like writing partner like do it's so good all I do is like walk to it and just I'm like yeah yeah there's ghosts all around us (laughs) and they're beautiful and so is like a synthesizer you know um I love it I love my strange Australian man I love that we're both just kind of like in the in the mood to really feel it to music right now yes 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 um isn't what the heck? I'm going to throw it in. Have you listened to Ari, the Ari Lennox? No, because I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, oh wait, Ari, I was thinking about Summer Walker, who oh, I do not no, really we fuck don't, with. I know, we don't really, we <laughs> don't Ari have to Lennox, her. yes. Yeah. I also started listening to that recently. I feel She's like I good. just, like, there's been like songs here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta listen to the whole project. The whole project. Man, she's real good. She's real good. So she's a little honorary icon. <laughs> a little I'd mini say. one? Yeah, like a little. Yeah, I guess if, like, what is this playlist we're putting together? I don't know. I don't this know. is a, I listen to a you real, and, like, highs and lows playlist. Truly. I listened to you and Grant's music episode. I was really glad that you were able to do that without <laughs> me because I simply would not have been able to articulate anything. And I just would have been like, why wasn't there more Tame Impala on the Pitchfork 200 yeah. list? Io I texted me. I was like, you and Grant didn't talk about Tame Impala. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because I don't care about Tame Impala. That's like my dirty shame is that I don't care about Tame Impala. It's, it is, I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? I don't get it. It's okay. never made me like feel something. I don't want to fight when we have a guest in the room. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll fight you on your own. Speaking of our guest in the room... <laughs> Let's what introduce is, her. Who is afraid of Virginia Woolf <laughs> and her cheese? <laughs> speaking of our little baby, speaking of our little guest, yeah, we got a little secret in the room. God. Okay, well. You know, um, Elaine Stritch had her first orgasm. Oh, during, I know. Okay. Well, you finished a sentence. During a performance of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And can I tell you something? Yes. I want the same for myself. <laughs> Your first ever I'm orgasm. Saving my, I'm saving my first orgasm <laughs> for, for the, the stage. stage. <laughs> 
and my second for marriage. Um, but we're not saving our guest anymore. Listen, folks, you know that I just gotta do these transitions. Um, we're so excited to have our guest on. Uh, she is a writer and a critic that lives and works in New York. Uh, like a if, reader in the New Yorker. Ever heard of it? If you haven't. I mean, like, what is your problem? It's okay, but just some send us a message. We'll like, we'll, like send, send you, you some links. Some links. There's yeah, like it's it's a there's little, good stuff. There's in there. some good stuff. Don't go too quickly because then you use up your ten articles, and then then what's that? You know, <laughs> support unions, but also incognito mode. Anyways, listen, we are so excited to have our guest on. Please give it up for, for Rachel Syme. Hello, hi. hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I was really taken with what you both were saying about like feeling it to music in the fall. I always feel like that Mm. happens to me also. Mm. What have you been feeling it to recently? I've been going back to some like real deep Joni Mitchell vibes. Oh my God. Awesome. (laughs) She was almost my my pick today. I just felt like I could like. No, because if we had talked about Joni, I think we all would have just ended up being like. (laughs) Tears on the floor. God. Can um, I say yeah. something crazy? Totally. Well, I just grew up with parents who are two black diasporic immigrants. So we were not listening to that. This year was the first year that I listened to Joni oh Mitchell. Oh, my God. Like, in my, like, life. She's good, right? That bitch rocks. <laughs> that bitch absolutely rocks. She's got bangers. Yeah, she's got, damn, she's got freaking bar and grill, babe. Ah, it's good. Mm. It's real good. Have yeah, you the summer lawns? Come on, son. I mean, I've been, di- but it's like a lot of, I think because it's now finally good walking weather. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. walking and feeling music and like walking through the streets at night and being oh, like, yeah. nobody knows my name in the city. I'm anonymous, but like, <gasps> I'm also in this song. Yeah. Yes. When like the wind blows and the leaves rustle and you're like, oh. Yeah, this no, is- this is the time. This is the season. Yeah. So, Rachel, we have to ask you, as we do with all our guests, who's your icon? This was a hard pick because I feel like there are so many people that are iconic. Mm-hmm. But when I thought about like the question, who will stand the test of time, the first. You came prepared. Person. <laughs> yes. That popped into my head mm-hmm. like a sort of just apparition of like just 2,000 years in the future mm-hmm. was Dame Emma Thompson. Ooh. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited. Of the absolute British order. <laughs> and folks, you know how I feel about England. <laughs> uh, gorgeous pick. She's only been in Dame for one year. But that's enough. Yeah. I mean, it came that later in life. life. It came. It came later than I think it should have come. But, mm. you know, it's here. It's here. And it's here to stay. Yeah. Rachel, what was the moment, if you can think of one, that was the plate or the time that like stuck out to you, where you were, where you asked yourself, or where you marked for yourself? I was like, like Emma Thompson. Emma is Thompson like- is an icon to me. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of people, when they think of Dame Emma and her oeuvre, mm. uh, okay, Francophiles, listen up. <laughs> Go like right to Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. or maybe Howard's End mm-hmm. or these kind of like quiet desperation on the British Moors type performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being a younger in my younger years watching HBO and watching her in the TV version of Wit. Oh, oh hello. Tell us more. Did you guys remember that Margaret no. Edson? Okay. So um, Wit was a Broadway production. I think it was all the rage in the 90s. Don't quote me on this. I'm, <sighs> I'm not like a. 
an IBDB walking around. <laughs> but you but, have the pull. You have the knowledge that that exists. That's what counts. Truly, truly. So uh, it was a one-woman show on Broadway about a woman who is a English professor of classical poetry who then gets cancer and then processes her terminal illness through the poetry of John Donne. Oh, my Which God. is like a John Donne, I guess, maybe. Whatever. Some, you know, he's like from the 17th yes. century mm-hmm. and death be not proud. And anyways... It's a very, it's like a extremely bravura, head of gabbler type performance that a woman can take on. Like Cynthia Nixon did it, and it was a big thing. And and um, the HBO adaptation, directed by I think Mike Nichols, was Whoa. a huge was an Emma Thompson joint. And this was just like such a beautiful performance in in several ways. But mostly, I was like, this bitch is an icon because she was. Hairless for most of the movie. Excuse me? Like full bald? Full bald cap, full bald cap. We're talking. Incredible. No, we're talking like no eyebrows. Like we're going. Oh my God. It was an all the way full like I'm hairless and dealing with it and no vanity type performance. Okay, Cameron Diaz, are you listening? (laughs) And she also, it's just like she just like recites British poetry while she's dying and it's incredibly beautiful and she's. It, there's just something about it where I was just lit. I It was the first memory I have of watching something and especially watching something on TV and being like, this is acting. Yeah. It yeah. is happening in my face. Yeah. Wow. She so said, that's my memory. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking, <clears throat> I was trying to remember when I like clocked Emma Thompson mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because we're like, you know we weren't like cognizant during like the merchant ivory mm-hmm. years necessarily mm-hmm. it was like it was like love actually like oh, that was is, yeah like speaking of Joni Mitchell speaking of Joni scene. Mitchell very good very wow. good it all Full comes circle. back it all comes but back to Joni at the end of the day it was also on HBO I think and my mom was like was like you can watch this movie but if they curse like you can't repeat any of the curses and she was like if I like go out like you can't watch this without me and I like was watching it without her and just like watching the Emma Thompson like the scene where she does go and like Joni Mitchell is playing and she's like sobbing on the bed and then she pulls it together to go face her family yeah, yeah, it's like, very much of a like Katy Perry just hearing that she's getting a divorce from Russell perf- Brand and then yes. performing. That's okay. It's a it's a it's a, it's a cry. Turn it on. Yeah, turn, turn it, it on. Sidebar that yeah. Katy Perry documentary, specifically Part that clip. Yes, that's um, one of the best documentaries about an artist so I've ever seen. Good, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. I, speaking of crying on a plane. In the year 2012, I watched that movie on like a transatlantic flight and sobbed. Yeah, like it's incredible. She's she hasn't gotten her do no she goes you have to have her as a future one because she oh someone will come and she goes through every emotion on that but emma also in love actually and i mean like i think we all know love actually is trash right it's it's not like a good movie no it's it's actually like actively bad bad. every year it gets worse yeah no ages so poorly i one time told my mom i was like mom i like love love actually and she was like okay but next time you watch it just like think about how every single woman in that movie is treated and I was like, damn. I was like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Every single one. There's not a single one who comes out like 
well or is treated well by a man or is respected even just generally just generally but the thing is women don't deserve respect uh, right and of I course. think it's important that when we see women both on screen and in real life that we treat them like objects sort of toy with their feelings uh, sort of uh, only uh, <laughs> <laughs> stand outside their house with some cue cards yeah just completely just trying like, to break up their beautiful marriage. Like fi- secret, like really kindly offer to film the wedding and then only film the woman you secretly are in love with. Okay. That's respect. And bad, that- bad, bad. And she's the only good part of that movie. I mean, I would say there's like a triptych of people that are good in that movie, which would be Liam Neeson and then Alan Rickman. But only because I like them as people. Yeah. I, but again, all the men in that movie are vile. Well, no, Liam Neeson's a good dad. But then he does also be is say to his son, like, you must chase after this girl yeah. against all odds. Um, fun yeah. scene, though. Fun scene. Fun scene. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, I think she's really good in that movie. And I think it's, like, one of the more raw and honest depictions of a middle-aged woman dealing with infidelity like, and the loss of her own. Like, personhood and, mm. like doing it for the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like really like shuffles those kids out to like reverse that, heard the recital. Yeah. It's like, oh God. Yeah. I, f- I feel like she's a really, Emma Thompson just so good at quiet desperation. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes me think of the first um, moment where I was like, I know that this woman is a star um, when I saw the 2005 film Nanny McPhee for the mm. first time. Yes, of course. <laughs> just sort of speaking yes, of, of course. quiet desperation. <laughs> she um, wrote that. Oh, I, oh, she absolutely did that. <laughs> she wrote that and she did that and she performed that. We must talk Emma the writer. We have to talk she Emma the writer, but can we talk writer. Emma the prosthetics yeah. at all? Emma the prosthetic nose. Truly, truly. Speaking <laughs> Again, of a bald cap moment. Bald cap prosthetic nose, she is not afraid to do it up. She loves like she does love to be a little like hammy sometimes I mm-hmm. feel like like she does like a very quiet desperation but like you have your Nanny McPhee's you have your Professor Trelawney's you have have either of you seen my favorite movie Beautiful Creatures Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Where, yeah. where Emma Thompson is playing a southern witch inhabiting the body of like a well-to-do Christian woman. And she goes tete-a-tete with Jeremy Irons also playing southern in a way that is quite simply ridiculous. I think that she really is not afraid to be ugly on screen. Also, yes, which I yes, love. yes, and like actually, like in a real way, like well, I not, mean, not in like a I'm, I'm being ugly. Yeah, like. not that because Nanny McPhee's toe up. <laughs> Nanny McPhee is, uh, I mean, a gorgeous little mess. <laughs> mm, that little mole, uh, that tooth. Yeah, and speaking of Professor Trelawney, I know you brought that energy up. I want to like return to it. Yes, of course. Um. There's a rumor that she wasn't going to play that part, that it was going to be Tilda Swinton. Mm. Oh, but then I Tilda didn't want to do it because she doesn't believe in traditional schooling and was like, didn't want <laughs> huh? did, to like huh? be at Hogwarts that she thought was like <laughs> no. part of traditional. Like, oh my God. You know, because she founded the labor that- jumped out. <laughs> yeah, because she founded that like alternative school that's now since closed in her Tilda her, Swinton on her founded Heath. A, she an had alternative a school. school. Yes. I did not know. She has an alternative marriage in an alternative school. We know about about, the marriage. We know about the alternative (laughs) marriage. We love an alternative marriage. Yeah. It was like semester at sea, but like not at sea. 
That's so bizarre. Imagine going to Tilda Swinton's school. Like, obviously, there are no grades. I assume, like, your little report is just, like, a color. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Aya was blue this semester. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel was, like, a a pale green. Make sure she only (laughs) listens to classical music. Ta-ta! Toodle-pip! Toodle-pip! Yeah. Um, Anyways, Emma Thompson. Really good with big glasses on. Again, not afraid to be a little bit kooky. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I mean, she's drama, but she's comedy. Well, she started comedy. She started as a stand-up, uh, which is great. I would, I tried to find, like, Emma Thompson's stand-up. She scrubbed it. I, I It's kind of scrubbed. She scrubbed it. You can it. find, what you can find are, like, sketches. Yeah. You very can find, br- very like, British. Very, very British. Very English. She just refers to it in cheeky, yeah, in, she you know, to Vanity like, Fair I'm, interviews. Like, yeah. I was in the Cambridge comedy troupe. <laughs> And it's like, okay, but like, where's the evidence? Where's mm. the proof? And I guess uh, ultimately the proof is like any public appearance she's ever made where she's just like slinging jokes. Yeah, she's she a loves to, master of wit, man. She loves to go on a talk show and just like ham it up with David Letterman. Well, it's like any, I mean, just like going to her writing or whatever. It's like, I remember like her adaptations being some of the first, like the, the first times that I was like really engaging with something period because I mean, she's just so witty and smart and funny. And like, it's very difficult to get, I think humor across to like a contemporary audience without both like a full understanding of that material. And then also like a very evolved sense of humor. Yeah. And like, she obviously has both of those things. Well, I also think the adaptations are remarkable because she was doing screenwriting at a time when a lot of actors weren't writing their own material. And also the year that she wrote Sense and Sensibility won the Oscar for it. She was nominated for two Oscars in Mm -hmm. the same year for the same film, which was very rare. She's like Mm -hmm. only the eighth person ever at the time to have done that. Um, And the first woman to be nominated for screenwriting and acting in the same year. Has Fuck anyone you, Orson Welles? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! I don't think has no one's done that. Like who has done that since? I was trying to think of it. It was like who's an actor who writes their own material and would have been nominated in it's the like, same year? Does, does Ben Affleck have like an Argo no. writing credit? Oh no, I don't think so. I don't think he wrote yeah. that. Directed it, but it's like most people keep that. Like like the lines of that are uh, like in addition because it feels like a thing where it's like well if I'm Writing and acting, I'm also directing. Like, <laughs> can't you see? Like, this is my I'm project. I'm multi-hyphenate. It, is, it right. is rare to be just like the writer and actor. Did I Phoebe Waller-Bridge get that? The writing and the acting in this Emmys? Or did she just win for writing? Oh, and... oh I think she, she did. did. I feel yeah. like she did the TV version. You uh-huh. know, it's the Brits. It's the Brits. It does feel like they there love to is... write and act. <laughs> no direct. <laughs> no. Because they come from the stage. Yes. Um, there does seem to be like a very clear lineage from like Emma Thompson to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It is interesting because I feel like we're having a little bit of like a second British invasion of these very sexy pop cultural figures. And at the time that Emma Thompson was like, having her biggest flourish, which was, I would say, like, 1995, mm-hmm. 1996 Vanity Fair cover. Oh, the Joan of Arc. Queen Emma, yeah. where she, like, posed as Joan of Arc. And mm-hmm. it was, like, such a Vanity Fair story. It was, like, 
She lives in Hampstead Heath, but today we're at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So good. So <laughs> no, good. I was reading it, and the, the Vanity Fair profile is kind of mean to her. They're like, she her complexion is like lighter than an undercooked pancake. And she's like, it's right after she and Kenneth Branagh split. So Ooh. they're like, she's in really yeah, crisis. Yeah, they're like, she's wearing sweatpants. She oh, yeah. hasn't washed her hair. She has unwashed hair. I yeah. remember that detail, and I was like, oh, shady. Why yeah. would you mention that she That's has so not? Mean. It's like washed her hair. Really rude to her. It's a classic like '90s like man profiles yeah. a woman for a magazine. Oh, the big time nail, real bad. And but that was her moment. And I remember like that was also a time when so many Brits were famous and like crossing over. There was like mm-hmm. you know the Hugh Grant and the young like, Kate Winslet of yeah. it all, the Hugh Grant of it all, the Emma of it all, the Liam Neeson, Alan mm-hmm. Rickman. Um, yeah, all of those people. And I feel like we're kind of in like, there's like a Saved by the Bell, the new class energy with these new <laughs> yeah. that are coming over. And I'm sort of like, they owe a lot to the Emma Thompson mm-hmm. foremother. Respect As, your Respect elders. your foremother, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. Dame, soon t- future dame. Honestly, Phoebe future Waller-Bridge. dame. Yeah. yeah. We can smell it. Yeah, we can all smell it. Dame. She's so dirty. She's so like, huh? Not like dirty, but like foul mouth. Yeah, but like... no, I think, listen, we're seeing her young years. She's like aristocracy. She's like secretly very posh. <laughs> oh, well, I think yeah, American people from, yeah. were like, oh, she's, oh, she says a swear and talks about masturbation. So she's a real kooky lady. And it's like, <laughs> the bitch is posh. She is from central London. Like there, you know, yeah. It. I mean, she's at least Emma Thompson came from like a bohemian fan. She comes from like artists. She comes from like an actor family yeah but she always thought of herself as kind of like a humble bohemian compared to kenneth who came from like the shakespearean tradition Mm. i remember she talked about how in their early days um she felt like she wasn't a real actor compared to him oh that makes sense which yeah but it's also a little bit bullshit because you're just like of course you're a real actor yeah because you're incredible like i i do think that being married to kenneth branagh would be like I don't know, like stressful. Like if, yeah. if you if you did the same thing, it's one of those things where it's like classically he is, you know, yeah, revered as the great, and so obviously that would put like an insane amount of pressure. pressure. Yeah, even and though like you're his muse, and like he puts you in Henry V and Much Ado, and it's like very clear. It's like not a difficult line to draw to see how like that union could have disintegrated. Yeah. Like also, you know, they're both like acting and writing and they're both like so intense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and they were considered like the royalty of the British sort of acting aristocracy. And then it's a lot of eyes on you. It's a lot of eyes on you and it's a lot of pressure. And then there's also just like Helena Bottom Carter hanging around. Right. And. Let you know, I <laughs> we were gonna talk we about were, it. Yeah, at I, some I don't. Point. I feel bad about talking about it because Why? I she's Emma's my icon, and I hate talking about pain from her past. But like, I don't know the the Helena of it all. Okay, I well, okay. So just to backtrack, Helena Bottom Carter, Kenneth Branagh had an affair with Helena Bottom Carter, and it that is the reason that their marriage disintegrated. So we yes. hear. Emma, so ale- allegedly. Yes, it, 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 which coincided with the period of Emma Thompson like being clinically depressed and living alone. And like, Yeah, and like, also then she fell in love with Greg Wise, who she's still with, but like she kind of was also ha- maybe having an emotional affair. Like we don't know the timeline exactly. Uh, emotional affair? 
but the they, hottest of affairs. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, listen, you're on the set of Sense and Sensibility, which you wrote. Which you wrote. This is your thing. Yes, Ang Lee is directing, and you are like, this is going to be huge. Yes. You've got Alan Rickman, you've got Kate Winslet, yes. and you like find the hottest guy on set. Yes, <laughs> the hottest guy. I mean, my dream is to create something and then find the hottest actor on set and be like, well, you're my husband now, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, all women should aspire. But what I was telling Io before uh, we were recording is that I found like an article where Emma was like, I forgave Helena years ago. We like made our peace. Like she's mm-hmm. married to Tim Burton now. It's fine. And she also was like, I kind of get why Ken cheated on me with her. Like we're kind of similar in that we're both like kind of mouthy, <laughs> like like British girls, <laughs> like kind of mouthy he British actresses. Yeah, he she was like, type. he has a type. I get it. Mouthy like, and talented. Yeah. Mouthy, talented. All right. It's a good memoir title. One with a lot of hair. <laughs> Loves one a period willing piece. to go bald. With and so that's sort of Helena the line. would never go bald. I, I don't think. think so. She's so attached to the like. It's so much. I have to say, I watched screeners of the new um, season of The Crown that's coming. Mm. And she plays Princess Margaret. Yes. Whoa. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. Yes. She's uh, definitely like leaning into the uh, sort of decadent side of that character. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. We saw a hint maybe in the Alice in Wonderland <laughs> live adaptation. <laughs> Not bald, but had the forehead but pushed the, back. But the, the six head. The, the full six yeah. head. Mm-hmm. Wait, Io, that bug is back on your shoulder. No way. There's a bug? Uh, there's what? A, oh, it's on your shoulder. Get it. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah there. Oh, there. It's off. Okay. <laughs> We can leave that in. <laughs> you guys should know that this bug previously was fully in Io's hair. Oh, no. And it's addicted to her. It really does love me. I don't know. I just have a good personality, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess my personality is just awesome. Um, yeah. She's also a writer, like we said, but also mm-hmm. not just of screenplays, of books. Books. Yes. Well, Peter Rabbit stitches, yeah? That. So she did the sort of adaptations of Peter Rabbit. That's fine. But I will say Ooh. that we have a book in our house that is become legend because it is a book that my husband keeps hiding. Okay, and then brag. It, Rachel sorry. has a husband. I know. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know how to. We've been married a year and I'm still like, boyfriend, husband. What's uh, the word? It's husband. It's yeah. husband. Yeah. In the eyes I mean, of the yeah. law. In the eyes of the law to people without husbands. <laughs> it is husband. My husband keeps hiding it. Yeah, my husband the house. and he's hot. Can I say that? <laughs> he is. He's very congratulations. He's Congrats tall. on your. He's tall. It's good. <laughs> Congrats on your tall hot husband. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so he hides the book. He hides the book, and then we find it and play. It's like it just pops up randomly. It scares me. It's this book called Actress. That oh, is the God. that is Emma Thompson's uh, the script of Sense and Sensibility, and then her diary from when she was on set. Whoa! They got Chills. published as a joint, a joint, <laughs> and to volume. call it actress, and it's kind great, of crazy. and it's just like Emma Thompson. And every now and then, the book will just like be pop up like in a drawer. Like I'll open it up, and it'll be like actress like springs out of me. <laughs> it's just like a big thing of her. And face. once we did a thing where I had to do, wow, this is just going to be a talking about what dorks we are. We do like riddles for each other in a in a series like escalating year over year let the record show my jaw drop that's <laughs> honestly so cool for his birthday this year i did a an escalating series of like puzzles like, like that riddles led to as little gifts for each other 
that led to a surprise party but the, there was one where he had to go order pizza and then the pizza box like came delivered to him and then inside the pizza box was a clue like that kind of stuff wait how do you arrange do you have to call the pizza place oh I like went to our local pizza place and like arranged it okay gorgeous wait how long have you been together <laughs> this is now we're, we're derailing Emma I'll Thompson is someone who cares about romance actress comes into the story but also we, we've been together like over four, four almost five years wow yeah but the um riddles <laughs> there was a clue written in actress mm. which was just like a very defined it's a it's sort of like a defining totem for our relationship is mm-hmm. this book but it's it's just hilarious because it's such a campy book just like actress and like her <laughs> face is on the cover um i just i love it and there's so much in those diaries that are just it's just so vulnerable and raw and she's like, I don't know if this movie is going to be any good. Like, I'm wandering along the heath, like, wondering if anybody likes me. Like, it's a very interior and I feel like it made me like Emma Thompson so much more because she was just a sort of insecure like all of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love that. that. Yeah, Because she doesn't, she doesn't outwardly project necessarily as someone who'd be like, I don't know about this one, guys. <laughs> like mm. she's just like you watch her go up to accept the uh, the Golden Globe for yeah. Sense and Sensibility, and she has the pre-prepared speech written as Jane Austen, and so with just like zingers on zingers, and it's like, oh, she knew she was gonna win, yeah. and she was prepared. But even if she didn't, she would have handled it with like grace. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, there's a grace to her. Do you think you have to be graceful to be a dame? Yeah, you, the way you asked that was sort of personal in a way. I don't think <laughs> not to not to sort of track the trajectory of your life. It does feel like Damonhood is a, there's a small, very small window for it. <laughs> I think um, I think you could you know could you think how I don't know you can get citizenship. Oh my god, I'm not I'm not, not none of us are going to be dames. Well, honestly, okay. honestly, oh, sure. and don't and speak hmm. for yourself. Okay. I speak for yourself. Cool. I, I will say, my cards right. If anyone here, Speaking if anyone in this room is going to be a dame, it'll be Aya. Thank you. True, true, true. This I is believe true. that. I think you can make it happen. If you can dream it, you can be it. Can I tell you something? I think low key, 35% chance. 35? Yeah. What's your path to damehood? Sick. So, <laughs> yeah, I, let's let's do this. All right. The acting career, right? We do a little comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I play like Emma. We do a little comedy. We get the ground floor working, sure. right? Then we do a hard pivot to drama. Okay. On the side, at the same time, right? Concurrently, I'm also writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing Are you some, adapting? I'm writing and I'm adapting. So, both originals and adaptations. Cool. I got some books in mind. We won't say them on the pod just in case it works out. Right, right, right. right. We got some heavy hitters. Protect that IP. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the midst of this, right? So these are tr- <laughs> these are transatlantic productions, right? I'm pivoting over to perhaps British work. Priv- yes, I'm, pivoting. I'm privately it's- pivoting. I'm privately pivoting over like a to British head. work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I'm getting British actors involved in this, right? I meet mm-hmm. someone we don't know who it is yet. Okay, but is he your age or is he a stately older man? I want to say he's somewhere in between. So Got he's you. a little bit older, but it yeah. feels appropriate. I mean, are a we talent. feeling like very like super British, like your Eddie's? Redmayne type of a uh... yeah, but he's like like a chinless. We're talking <laughs> no, like, no, yeah. no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Is he hot? Yeah, okay, but he's talented mm. and more Hiddleston than Redmayne. Uh, I get Kenneth Branagh number two, okay. right? I get Kenneth Branagh two We get married, mm-hmm. okay. Then I'm living part time. No, I'm living full time in England at this point. Okay. You only see me on holidays <laughs> and when you come over. You feel me? Okay. So then I start doing charity work. It's big. And 
queen's dead. Megan likes me. Oh, Megan is oh. absolutely the way. Okay, but here's the thing: is that like and she's campaigning for here's me. Here's the what thing: is that Kate? William and Kate? Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta ask William and Kate somehow. Megan, or else, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let's just say something has come to pass. Uh huh. You know, maybe it's like they abdicate for whatever reason. I'm thinking Megan likes me and she's pitching me. And this charity work is big. So Megan likes me <laughs> and like uh, Kate will like my husband. We don't know okay, who he is cool, yet. Cool, 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 cool. Then the charity gets big. I'm I'm in Rwanda. I'm in uh, Sarajevo. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Boots on. Yeah, I got the boots on. I'm working in multiple countries at the this point. The white helmet is yes, on. Yes, it's strapped on the head, fro peeking out on both sides mm-hmm. like a clown sort of like head. Sure. And but this that is a becomes big... like your icon. Like the people draw cartoons. Of in that addition shape. to my moving scripts. Yeah. So then play my cards right. I'm in my fifties. I get the dame. Are you a British citizen by this point? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. I've renounced America. <laughs> I've renounced. Okay. I've renounced. I think that's I mean, doable. My kids are like, do you, are you Auntie Olivia? How are you? Oh, they have cute voices. Yeah. They're posh. They're posh. They're posh, posh, oh, wow, posh. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, Forever Dog listeners. It's Marie and Sydney from The Unofficial Expert. On our podcast, we talk to our favorite comedians and friends about their fields of expertise. And our friends know some shit, like Jay Jordan, the hot boy summer expert, Jabuki Young White, the Caucasian bop expert, and Alana Glazer, the friendship expert, plus many more incredible episodes. So subscribe to The Unofficial Expert only on Forever Dog. New episodes every Friday. Um, I mean, if you do this in a rapid enough time frame. I feel like you could be in the next edition of what was my favorite documentary of the last few years. I don't know if you guys have watched this, but I have an extreme obsession with a documentary called Tea, Tea with, with the, the Dames. Dames. Okay. We're, we're all, 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 all here. Okay. And I feel like there's going to be a Tea with the Dames 2.0. Like, I feel like maybe Dame Emma will get in it, like a little Helen Mirren action. Dame Phoebe. Da- well, when Dame, Dame Phoebe. I. Okay, you know yeah. who I, you know who <laughs> I would love? could be the four. You can all talk about Laurence Olivier and um, all the time he came on to you. I would love to see one Miss Kristen Scott Thomas on Tea with the Dames. Oh, because yeah. she must have stories. Stories. But I love how it was a double. I mean, they had tea. Yeah. They spilled tea. Mm-hmm. The tea was all about Lawrence <laughs> Olivia. Every single one of them was like, if I wasn't married to him, I fucked him. <laughs> so good. I can't. And wait. I'm like, who is the guy for that? Is the next Tea with the Dames about Kenny B? I don't know. Maybe Kenny B. There's someone who we're not even thinking of. There's someone like. S- like yeah, who's low key sliding? Hmm. Ian it's McShane. Not- oh wow! <laughs> I bet they. I mean, would yeah. you not no, fuck sure. Ian McShane? We watched that freaking. We show. watched that weird antiques crime. Mm-hmm. Show. Gabriel Byrne. Oh, that's hot. I don't think Gabriel Byrne. No. Gabriel Byrne. I mean, he's seems like, he's like Irish, like, right, or yeah. Scottish? He's like not. A, I'm like it's I mean, Brian Michael Cox. Fassbender's dick probably like fell off at this point. <laughs> I just feel like he got around a lot. He absolutely did. So I'm thinking like future, future. Okay, so you're thinking you're on tea with the dames. Yeah. Who is the person who all of the dames have fucked? Yeah. Hmm. It's, you know. By the time you get there? Yeah. I'm trying to think of who it would be. It's got to be someone. Do we think it's, okay, are we limiting it to like actors? Or Or Oh, you know what? It's, It's fucking, it's Skepta. (laughs) <laughs> it's obviously Skepta. To you it's you three point oh. No, literally, it's you and Adele sitting at a table, That's awesome. being like, "This is what it was like to fuck Skepta." Okay, great. Okay, I see it. Yeah, awesome. 
So now yeah. we're there. Is Skepta my husband? Is that how I get to damehood? <laughs> wow. Can I just like aim for Skepta? I think so. Okay. He clearly has no type. This is true. His type is just like kind of. No, I was gonna say fun to be around, but then I remembered Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> I was like, that's not true. And Adele doesn't feel like crazy. No. So really, it's just like I think a it's, woman. I think it's mouth. I think it's generally mouthy. I you can do that, and I can I can do that. Okay. Great. I just am laughing in my head thinking about Skepta being the key, the key to all this. And then <laughs> you're you're crowned a dame with a scepter and it's mm-hmm. like And he's like crying in the background. He's like, it's like huge, huge tears. Huge tears. Like, tears. He's so proud of me. A real coronation. Yeah. I, I sound like Meghan Markle. I sound half British. I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, 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 wait. I have to come out. I'm your dad. Say, I'm Megan's dad in this situation. Yeah. I'm like crying. I'm crying on a BBC morning. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know why Olivia sold those articles to <laughs> me about me. I can't say that Dame Emma has a great American accent. No, but she does not. That's something that we got. I just feel like it's important listen, to note she's not perfect. Accent work is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and an American accent. It, I'm always like so impressed when someone can do like a really good American accent because yes. usually you can tell like Matthew who, McFadden who on one? Succession oh, yeah. does a good but sometimes it slips in a way where I'm like I I see it but I've had a friend who's from Minnesota say that it's actually a perfect Minnesota really? so I think and I'm feeling like weird Minnesotan Sarah things. Snook's doing well oh Sarah, Sarah Snook, Snook is, is incredible who is bad. Is my my uh, sort of canonical answer for this is Big Little Lies when Nicole oh. and uh, Alexander oh, Nicole. are in scenes with each other and you can hear it's the R's. You can mm-hmm. hear in the therapy scenes when they're just talking to each other and they don't have the therapist to bounce off of and she's like, "You've hurt me." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I don't know what you're talking about, but it wasn't my intention. I'm a good husband." Like they both are like looking at each other in the eyes. They're like, "Let's keep this together. We've got three more takes <laughs> left before we both pass out." It's ours. It's ours. Nicole is another person who's really just is. like, just let her be Australian. Just let her be Australian. We'll come up with the just reason. Just slip one line in there. Another bad American accent, even though she's American. Vera, Vera for me. <laughs> okay, oh, wait. Vera for like is one of those people where you're like, you're not British. Yes. It's like the same thing I have with Glenn Close, where I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Oh my god, I always forget. Glenn She's Close, American, British. born in a cult. So crazy. born in a cult, guys. Oh, that Glenn Close, you have to do it for a future. Yeah, but I, that's such a funny thing—the idea of American people who have bad American accents. Mm. Like, also, not to turn this into a um, succession podcast, but sometimes. (laughs) I could. (laughs) But, like, like, I literally thought Jeremy Strong was British. I thought he was, like. A lot of people thought he was British. He looks like someone who's, like, trying really hard to have an American accent. Michael Sheen energy, and that gives me that. His wife is British. His wife went to Cambridge. Oh, Oh, he's trying to become a dame. (laughs) <laughs> he's so trying to do my thing he is he's from Boston and he's trying to become a dame bitch that's my shit Jeremy Strong back off with your brown suits get, get him in the stew let's get Jeremy Strong in here why you is guys he can addicted fight. to brown suits I just he, talked to the costume designer this morning because I'm doing did you talk and she about said the brown he suits? was in earth tones a lot of Brunello Cuccinelli this season because he was trying to be understated he returns to black at the end of the episode though if yes you would he notice. does okay Tom I Ford, has not black watched, Tom Ford oh no not okay sorry I won't spoil anything it's 
it's okay. I already saw your tweet. <laughs> I already saw your tweet. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, it's okay. I'll make it for myself you. forget it. <laughs> just forget. It. Just, just, just like you know, make yourself um, black wait, out. Some I, way. I have some qu- succession questions. Yeah. Um, where is Shiv getting all her pants? Wait, hold on. I can tell you. You can. Wait. So you talked with the costume designer? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it was for a piece. I did a piece earlier this. Uh, season on at the New Yorker about the costumes but then people wanted me to do something on the yacht costumes so I re-upped and talked about their yacht couture it takes place on a yacht sorry spoiler alert Incredible. I oh, I'm so sorry it's okay it's just okay. pretend I'm not talking <laughs> I just Pants. go fully limp <laughs> just disassociate just <laughs> yeah uh, uh. um yes pants there's a lot of uh Stella McCartney oh Armani okay Max Mara oh she's also she's got the best butt in the world she really does. Doesn't quit. No. I, that, I heard love from a friend I mean, who acted yeah. with her on a project. Bridget Lundy Payne, friend <laughs> of the pod. Uh, like, she's straight up will do squats while she's, like, talking to you, hanging out. That's like, crazy. She's, like, oh, she works she, on the butt. She works out a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she works out a lot. So, folks, for anyone who was like, oh, dang. It actually, no, it's hard work. <laughs> I mean, but also that means that it's, like, achievable Perhaps to the layman, if we just all started doing squats like a lot. And also like changing our diet. Oh, this is the God. thing that I realized today. I was like, oh wait, I want to change the way that I eat. Yeah. So we're just gonna be here. I like that for me. That's the way people get really jacked. Mm-hmm. Is they're like abs are like, made in the kitchen. Yeah. It's like, oh God. Oh, Shut God. <laughs> Make it in a lab, man. <laughs> give me a freaking pill. Just give me a shot. <laughs> Um, wait, I just thought of Limitless Great. because of Pill, which made me think of Bradley Cooper, which reminded me that Emma Thompson mm, is in our favorite, favorite movie, movie Burnt. <laughs> have you ever you seen Burnt? I have been avoiding Burnt so actively given, throughout given. my life. You have to re- let Burnt wash. I've already really? seen Bradley Cooper play a chef once, and it was hard for me. I watched Kitchen yeah, Confidential the whole yeah. season. Yeah, I felt that it was a total misuse of John Cho as a comic actor and I really wanted it to be better and give okay, a showcase for him. Okay, you want to talk him. about total yeah. wastes of actors? Burnt, Emma Stone baby. And Bur- Burnt. I mean, everyone in Burnt. <laughs> Daniel <but>. Brule <laughs> in Burnt. Uh, Emma Thompson in Burnt. Per- even Sienna Miller Sienna in Miller Burnt. Burnt. Um, oh my gosh, wait. What's her name is in Burnt? Um, oh my God. That- Uma Thurman. No. no, Alicia Vikander in Burnt. In the a French thankless guy, role. The French guy from uh, Les Intouchables in Burnt. <laughs> absolutely wasted. But it's an incredible movie if you've ever wanted. It opens on Bradley Cooper shucking his millionth oyster. Oh and my kind God. of uh, g- keeps on that energy mm-hmm. for it. Emma Thompson plays his like psychiatrist yes. who like drug tests him to make sure he hasn't like lost it. Oh. Every person who is in Burnt thinks they are in a different movie. It's seen to so They were in a different movie. It wasn't called Burnt until it didn't test well. It was called like Adam Cook. What is it called? Oh my God, I gotta find out. I, I gotta find it's out. It's truly so an incredible film. And if I may suggest, if you're still nervous about it, may I suggest this yes. perfect double feature. Make it a brule night. This is what Io and I did last year? Yeah. A couple years ago? Two years ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah, you watch Burnt and then- And then um, you watch Rush. <laughs> The car racing Daniel Brühl movie with Chris Hemsworth. Um, Burnt. And you let go. And you you just give in. Just like one word titles. Yes. Yes. Burnt. Burnt Rush. Yeah. No, Burnt used to be called Adam Jones. That's such a horrible name for a movie. Which did not test well, apparently. So they changed it to Burnt. 
That's so stupid. And awesome. then I was just like, you know, it's crazy that I haven't seen it because I love bad movies about cooking. Mm. Oh, well then, okay, here's the thing is that like- Any Spanglish fans the, in the house? Right. The the cooking shots in, in Burnt are yes. like gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> like the food looks incredible. The problem with most food movies is that they don't care about food. Yeah. I, I find in like food shows, which is like, oh, you don't actually really love food. And Burnt loves food Burnt and loves hates food. every single Burnt, actor. Burnt loves food and hates plot. It's so awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, no, no, no I'm trying Burnt to think of other. loves food, loves the actors, hates plot. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to think of other movies about food that actually get it right. Do you have any others? Um, the scene in It's Complicated where they make chocolate croissants. Yeah. Oh, anything Nancy Myers. The scene yeah. in Spanglish where they make the egg sandwich is oh, good. that egg sandwich one, is The one gorgeous. half of Julia and Julia that's about Julia Child. Yes. yes. Um... Honestly, chef, close, closest. Um, Simply Irresistible? Big Night? Oh, Big, <gasps> Big Night. Night. Yeah. Big Night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Night's so good. But doesn't The food doesn't food. like look good. No, it's like, not about food. It's about brothers. But it's like... about it's about my absolute boys. Tony and Stan, baby. <laughs> Tooch and Tony. Uh. But it was like that recent Netflix rom-com that I quite enjoyed um, with Ali Wong that was like Always Be My Maybe uh, where yeah. she was a chef yes. and I never saw her cook. Yeah, yeah you never see You're her just cook. Like, they go to that one thing where you, like, yeah. dinner and it's like, but it's like a joke. All the food is like funny. funny. Yeah. It's like, okay. So Burnt is... Similarly, no, you said it reveres the food. Burnt loves the food and has no regard for any other aspect of the movie. You gotta watch it. I can't believe they misuse Emma Thompson. Oh, what a bummer. She, she is like in and out in a way where you, every time she comes back, you're like, oh, right, this part. Uh. It's really crazy. It was, that movie was stitched together like with flaws. It feels like a fever dream in like an incredible way. What I like about Emma is that she's not made street bangers. Like she really has. M- done bad movies. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It's a real mixed bag. She it's loves like mixed to work. nuts. Yes. She loves to work. She 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 referred to herself on Charlie Rose once as a as a two-bit hoofer. <laughs> okay, queen. <laughs> Which I really feel like is is the kind of person that I think is an icon cuz it's just like I would like to keep working, please yeah. and yeah. thank you. Yeah. She also certainly like she has Harry Potter money. Like she doesn't oh. need to work necessarily. I feel like yeah. she And d- sometimes she shouldn't. Like maybe yeah. should she have not made late night? Like, I, like right. who knows? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, listen, I thought it was good, but I also was like, I wanted it to be better. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy her performance as much as I enjoyed her suits. Mm. Damn. And the haircut. Wow. She looked good. She looks incredible. She looked amazing. She looked great. She's yeah. still, oh wait, I've seen, I saw her in person once. I saw, we saw, oh. we we both attended the same oh, wait, I uh, performance this. of Red Speedo at the New York I Theater Workshop. This. And she was there by herself, as was I. And I was like, oh, kinship. And she was wearing this, like, she looked incredible, like short cropped hair, the whole shebang. And she was wearing like corduroy overalls over like a striped tee and pulling it off in a way that was fantastic. I watched her like hail a cab and quickly get in, just Graceful, grace abounds. Nonchalance. It was gorgeous. I know this is like New York privilege, but I will say that being at Broadway shows at the same time as celebrities is my favorite thing because you actually see them like in interesting outfits that you're like, oh, this is just your sort of New York look. Yeah. Mm. I saw like, Brian Greenberg <laughs> once I, I was, I, <laughs> wearing like giant glasses at a uh, Lobby Hero. I was like, I've seen Sarah uh, Paulson and Holland uh, Taylor. Holland uh, at 
two performances. Uh, why can't I remember? I do remember the second time I was wearing this giraffe necklace that my friend got me when I was like in high school and Holland was like, what a nice little necklace. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to live forever, bitch. Um, they both were dressed so normally and Holland had like a big old scarf. Yeah, I saw Sarah Snook, speaking of. Oh, at what at- show? <laughs> Waitress. Oh, Good. that's not embarrassing. No, that's sitting embarrassing. in, but it was like late, late waitress. Like it's mm. been on Broadway now. It was like last year. And she was sitting in front of me and she was like there with her girlfriends. And it was just, she was having, she was like getting her whole life from it. Good. Uh, Love uh, it. Yeah. Met J. Smith Cameron at a recent performance of Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Oh, Playwrights Horizons. I mean, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going on Wednesday. The Gorgeous thing play. that you tweeted today about how one of the great things in life is how J. Smith Cameron is so intensely online. Leads me to say, she's in my DMs. <gasps> okay, and I love what her. What are you guys talking about? Hmm. What are you? Once, what, I mean, I hate to be that person, but it's just like that's one of the joys of my whole life. Yes, yeah, that that has happened. But she has apparently really slid into a lot of DMs. Like she's intensely online. Like she loves to talk to people about success. Like if you just like tweet about like the show, I um, she's just she'll engage. Uh. It's like a bat signal. I actually can't talk about this anymore because it's starting to hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's just because you're like, an episode behind. Just tweet about the finale. She'll be in your DMs in five seconds. Do you seconds. think she like, um, she like on Sunday night, she like looks over at the couch at Kenneth Lonergan and is like, Kenny, look what they're tweeting <laughs> they're about the show. freaking curled up in their PJs and Kenneth's like, okay, wait. Wearing so their glasses. What, is that, what does that mean again? What does that button mean? Um, and they're both in their glasses and they're both having such a good time and I love that for kind them. Of a, one of my, the best like New York couples. And you know, I love that for them. You know what I love for us? Woo, woo. Bang, bang on the freaking, no. Yeah, yeah bang, but- bang on the gavel. It's court time. <laughs> jung, jung. Yeah, it's time for the people's court. Olivia has hacked into the absolute dark web and goes through the archives of People Mag and other adjacent it's people literary it's people. sources, but mostly people. And she finds an article related to our celeb. So, Olivia, what article have you found for us this week? Okay, baby, we're going all the way back to 1993. Woo! Just a glimmer in my parents' eye. Uh, wow, wow, you're so you're such a baby. Yeah. Just like a light flex. Um, Just a light flex. Olivia and I were little sperm seeds. <laughs> in 1993, I was 10. That's good. Oh, my God, I just turned my age on it. That's great. Yeah. You know what? Dame Emma's not afraid to talk about it. No, she's not. Yeah. A woman shouldn't be afraid of aging. Yes. Yeah, and we kind of get it in the thing. Um, so this is a a profile. Remember when People Magazine did like real like profiles when they of were an people? actual magazine when they were an actual magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a profile called Much Ado About Emma. It was right before she released Much Ado About Nothing. Lazy headline. I know. It's like so, so stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the deck is like Thompson is devoted to her craft, her husband, and Cheers, mm. the TV show. Um, but they talk, I'm just not going to, obviously not going to read the whole thing, but two interesting tidbits arise in it. And they talk about, uh, like they're talking about what could have been. And they say that Paul Verhoeven offered her the Sharon Stone part in Basic Instinct. What a film that would have been. (laughs) And she said, I went to see Paul about that part, but I stay away from those roles, darling, because there's not a chance in hell that I'd ever be cast in such a thing. And then she goes on and she says, there is a problem at this moment with women and their sexuality being demonized. I don't think there are many women out there thinking, hey, I really want to be made to look stupid and take off all my clothes in a film. 
So a bitch after my own heart. Wow, feminist theory in Feminine, Female magazine in 1993. And then so this is just like a fun little tidbit is that she keeps her Oscar in the bathroom. A her, lot of people do that. She says that that's where um, everyone wants to see it, and it's the one place where everyone she knows goes. everyone is going to see it, which I think is that's just very funny, delightful. She's a funny person. She rocks. She also says uh, Kenneth was not there when she won her Oscar for Howard's End. We and she had to like call him in the middle of the night. He was like in London asleep. And she was like, I won. You're Did not dreaming. Yeah. Did he just think she was not going to win? Or was he like busy? I don't know. But it's like you Canceled. can rearrange some stuff, my guy. Canceled for <laughs> like, that. Your wife is winning an Oscar. Damn. So wow. Kenneth's canceled. Wow. Was he there for Sense and Sensibility? Wait. I watched the clip and I did not see him. So maybe Kenneth just like. But that was friend. 95. So that was like when the divorce was brewing. Yeah. Oh, but, but and 93. She, yeah. Not not brewing. <sighs> but we should have known. Um, they talk so much in this about what fun it was to film in Italy in the summer because they were like, everyone is, that's the place to go if you want to film people being like drunk and yeah. fucking each other. Wow. Yeah. Talented Mr. Ripley energy. Yes. Mm. Very talented Mr. Ripley energy. Very good. Um, yeah. But that's Emma just being kind of herself. Like she, she's just been the same kind of the whole time. Yeah. Very like candid and open Ugh, and like cool. willing to just kind of talk yeah. about whatever, yeah. which I think is cool. Like no media training. <laughs> no. No, never has a publicist been like, Emma, I just need you to like uh, take that back a little bit. She's like, like too smart. Yeah, she's literally smart is That's, kind of yeah. the thing. She's incredibly smart. I mean, I, I remember she gave an interview about reading Mad Women in the Attic and realizing that, um, you know, Victorian women's um oppression was sort of similar to what was happening in the 90s and how she wanted to write to sort of like free up her feminist theory and like seed it into mass culture and all this stuff and you're just like wow you're so smart yeah. I mean sometimes there are actors that that used to go on Charlie Rose ook, you know boo, but, but yeah. you know and kind of wing it and didn't have anything interesting to say and every thing Emma Thompson has ever said on the interview shows is really interesting yeah. and I'm like please I wish I had an hour on that Ooh, mm. I wish I had an hour on that like she's actually incredibly smart she yeah. loves to read she's a reader yeah, yeah. which is so cool you can always yeah. tell when a celebrity is like a because there are so she few had like them, a book club before anybody else she was Ugh. constantly interviewed being like this is what I'm reading yeah I was like Reese Oprah studied dead in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Reese. No, no. Reese found on the train tracks. <laughs> Reese doesn't read, you know, the what? old stuff. No, I think oh. she reads. I, I think Reese reads. Well, but I think Reese. <laughs> I thought is, you were just saying no, Reese doesn't read. No, stuff. Reese just loves to read, like you know, like a fun modern, a fun mystery yeah. about like a modern marriage. Nice it's like contemporary caper. Yeah, yeah, give it. Yeah. To, that's that's fine. She wants things that everyone's gonna enjoy. She and wants to option like, them. You know what? This isn't gonna be the easy, but this is gonna be worth it. <laughs> Rachel yeah. Vice, also a reader, yeah, loves to read. Loves to also, read. deeply hot in a sort of inaccessible <laughs> way. And so, what does that mean about books? <laughs> yeah, bitch, read. Um, speaking of reading, I think it's time to play open the a, library uh -huh, and, and, take, uh, and check out a little book called uh, "Fuck Mary Kill." Kill. <laughs> We did it. We got there eventually. Uh, Olivia and I take moments of an iconic celebrity's life. In this instance, one Dame, Dame Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. And we fuck, we marry, and we kill them. It's the game you know and you love. But little twist. <laughs> so we got to figure out what the three moments, aspects, events of mm -hmm. Emma's life are that we're going to fuck, marry, kill. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think the writing. Yeah. Just like straight up, like yes. the writing. Yes. Um, so this means uh, the period pieces. This also means Nanny McPhee and the books. <laughs> I and think you're Nanny McPhee. You harsh take, on Nanny McPhee. I'm not being harsh on Nanny McPhee. What did I say? You loved you're, it. Okay. I'm just saying. I took it at face value. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm just saying. We got to okay. take everything into account. Got it. And also, Last Christmas. Oh. So. Okay. Okay. It's okay. A, a movie it's a that whole, none it's of us body have seen of work. Yet. It's a body of work. It's a lifetime's work. Yes. Which we've only seen the trailer for. But I have heard confirmation that we are right in our theory. I knew it. Absolutely. Do you do have you, you been know? following this? Okay, we, this is the Henry Golding, yes. Yes. Eliza Clark. What's Amelia? Amelia, Amelia Clark. Sorry, sorry. Last sorry. Christmas, I based on the song by Wham. Clark, yes. Uh, and my theory for the movie is that uh, Amelia Clark, who also Emma Thompson plays her mother in the film, Russian. I don't know. Uh, uh, has a surgery and is given Henry Golding's heart. Mm -hmm. He is a ghost. Yeah. That's why and he's wearing the same outfit in the trailer the whole time. Last Christmas, I gave, gave you my, my heart. heart. And the very next day, you, you gave, gave it, it away. away. So she falls in love with this ghost whose heart she has. I have heard from a source that that is exactly what happened. Great. Great. <laughs> I was like, the only other twist would be that. There's no twist. Like, what? She's, you can't write a, a movie based on yeah, a song and yeah. be like, uh, I, don't know. I think it's good because she hasn't had a flop in a while and neither has Paul Feig. I think it's, it's good. It's humbling. Yeah, I think it's the good. The humbling of Paul Feig. <laughs> it's, it's good for everyone to have a flop every now and again. Fair, fair, fair. Um, okay, so we got the writing. So the writing. we got the writing. The whole bundle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then the like, like grace comes to mind. Just like, like, Poise, uh -huh. elegance, like okay. charisma, uh -huh. kind of the like all the outward facing. Do you um, include do you include the wit in there as well? Yeah. Yes, I would. Because it's a graceful wit. Yeah. Okay. And then third. Okay, I think third should be marriages, but you know, it's Kenneth and Greg. Greg. It's Greg. So we are excluding acting. Oh, oh, I mean, I forgot get, about I acting. <laughs> we can do. We can put well, acting back in. Rachel, your guest. Be the tiebreaker, please. Do, I have to pick between acting and marriages. Yeah, for a, a rousing game of fuck, marry, kill. Mm, I think maybe we pick acting just okay. because I feel like it's hard to know if you. I mean, I would want to marry marriage. It feels like pretty natural, so I feel like it's a little bit of a gimme. She is a married. She woman. is a married oh my God. woman. Oh my God. She's like, a husband. She has a husband who she plays riddles with. Oh my crazy. Yeah. That's like low key your dream, Olivia. Of course, I love literally. Yes. Oh my God. Literally, yes. You would love that. I would love like a scavenger hunt. Oh, if somebody like made a crossword for you specially. Oh my God. You'd go crazy. I'd, I'll make you a crossword. It. Oh, thank you. I don't have to get married now. <laughs> And just like that, and just like that, you hear that, feminists? <laughs> um, okay, so for this version of "Fuck Mary Kill," we'll be fucking, marrying, and or killing the writing, the the, the general persona, general the persona, the outward facing yes. energy, and the acting. Great. So I'm gonna kick it to you. I feel like I started the basketball times. I know that you have. So I'm gonna kick it to you because I love to, to kick start. it to you. Because I love to kick it to you. <laughs> Uh, great. So my instinct is to marry the outward facing persona. Mm -hmm. mm. I just think it's such a, it's such a great one. She's so smart and uh, 
and challenging in all the right ways that I think could make a marriage fun. So uh, to someone who knows nothing about a marriage, it keeps it exciting, you know? It's got that stability. It's got that intelligence. But, you know, sometimes she'll freaking melt off. She'll pop off on me. And, you know, maybe I need that. So I think I'm going to marry that. I think then I am going to kill, and this is tough, but I think I'm going to, oh, my God. I think I'm going to kill. Are you going to kill the acting? The writing. Oh, mm. okay. And I think that would, I know. Well, listen, someone who's uh So you're fucking acting? So I think I'm fucking the acting. Because there's a lot. There's like highs and lows. <laughs> there's highs and lows. I really just like, I guess I just thought a lot about last Christmas. Damn, okay. <laughs> um, there's just like a lot of really fun performances. Yeah, I think I could get a good story. If it ends up good or bad, whatever role I get, mm -hmm. it will be a memorable story and one that I'll tell. Okay, and one that I'll have with me. Okay, and so that's my fuck Mary kill. Cool, Olivia. Yeah, um, I'm going to um, fuck the persona mm. um, because I think you know, in a lover, <laughs> you want someone who is like thoughtful uh -huh. and like kind of like thinks about what they're doing mm -hmm. and isn't like slapshod about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to do that because I think that's what that would be. I'm going to marry the writing as someone who just said I want to marry someone who makes me a puzzle. Uh, <laughs> kind of all tracks <laughs> in the same way. Um, and I think reveal. it's like, I think the writing is just like so smart mm -hmm. and like reveals like a, a deep, knowledge mm -hmm. and the intelligence that um, I would want to be married to. Yeah. And then I'm going to kill acting because... Because notoriously you hate all actors. I hate... Yeah, notoriously, I've never befriended an actor in my life. You're very anti-actor. I don't care for People that. are talking about it. I know. It's like all the gossip on the street. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm going to kill acting because it just doesn't do it for me in the way the other two Great. do. And Rachel, Rachel, where's your answer? I'm actually on a different page than both of you. Whoa, and this is, I love when this and happens. And this is the, sort of one of the... I mean, I'm a writer, so I think writing's really sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to fuck that writing. Here's the thing. I think that's where she would want to get it. Like, I think uh -huh. her... I think she thinks that's what's sexiest about herself. No, entirely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've read her... I've read Actress, okay? That's true. And I know that that, was, here. that is an erotic document. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. So... Yes, I'm going to get in there with the writing. I'm going to like study those scene breaks and sense yes, and sensibility. Yes. Make uh, slow, passionate love to Nanny McPhee. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And then. Yes, let those chin hairs what rub across your body. them to me. And then I think I'm going to marry the acting because. That's like I've I, like I said that was my first relationship to Emma mm -hmm. Thompson was like seeing her in wit and being like this is what acting is. I remember <laughs> acting there is, is being bald. Acting is being bald true, and like reciting life. romantic poetry from the 1700s so and true. like relating it to your own mortality. And there was a moment in it where she also plays the childhood version of herself. It's a very it's oh, a lot of work. You, you must watch, I will watch Burnt. You watch Wit. Okay. That's okay. our assignment. It's also one word title, so really not stretching the break. <laughs> mm. So, but there's this one thing where she ha she goes back into her childhood self and she's talking to her dad about her love of words and how she learned how to love words. And he teaches this her this word soporific, which means it causes you to be sleepy. 
but she plays it like she's a child that doesn't understand how to say words. So Emma Thompson keeps being like, soprific, soprific. <laughs> That's cool. And there's something about it where I was like, she's doing a different character, but she's this character and she's herself and I wanted to marry it. Mm. And so I would marry the acting. And as much as it pains me, I would probably kill the persona because I think the thing about Dame Emma is like, she's so charming and so good and like, has danced on Ellen like she does it, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm kind like some of like of her favorite war criminals. You know, <laughs> wow. You know, Topical. actually, gotta. you gotta love Emma Thompson also because we we didn't really get we didn't touch on her activism. Another thing that made her a dame, like your future damehood, will mm-hmm. will be a part of it also while you're in your helmet. Thank you. Um, I see it now on posters sticking <laughs> out on the side. I look like yeah. Bozo the Clown. It's horrific. <laughs> um, yes. Emma's very political, but mm-hmm. always kind of seeming to be on the right side of things, like not friends with a war criminal, mm, yes. like was like, you know, I want to, you know, demilitarize the Gaza Strip, but I'm pro Labor Party and I love women's rights. And like she was, you know, there's something about her where you're just like, oh, you've kind of always been on the right side of every yeah. issue. Well, maybe I'm, I'm gonna, wrong. Maybe there's no, a, there's something bad in her past. I, I mean, look. she's, I mean, fully adopted a former child soldier. <laughs> yeah, you know what I she, mean? She, yeah. Her second child is like a Rwandan yes. orphan. And was then a child had soldier. an IVF kid at 39. I know. I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. My damehood is going to be based in really bad politics. So I'm going to like, <laughs> just, it's, it's yeah. an alternative path. But I'm going to like what, train children to be child soldiers. Oh my God, you're going to be like, the new Margaret Thatcher. Exactly. You'll be on Ellen for the for like a different reason. Yeah, and people are gonna be mad. <laughs> We're gonna be wise. But Ellen. she's like, so she's like kooky. She plays along. She wears great suits. She like you know always has an amazing short haircut. Like yeah. she used to have long hair. There was the time in the nineties where she had sort of like a Botticelli situation. She was a redhead when in her twenties, yes. and then she was really blonde and kind of had that whole like during the time when like the red graves were really uh, prominent. She was. They were all. It was like this very British actressy thing to do to mm-hmm. have like ringlets so yes. she had that but ne- she's always she's like in the last 10 years she's just always like been really working a bob yeah. mm-hmm. um, we want to see those we and I see love that job. the persona but teams. I really feel like I have to kill it off because I think in terms of what she would want to be remembered for and her sort of what makes her iconic to me is this fact that she's writing and reading and acting and everything's in it's like it's all in the work mm-hmm. honestly I think so many people you know, are are making up for what's not there in the work with the persona. And I'm sort of like, if I even if I killed off Emma, yeah. Emma's persona, the work would still be there and it would still be iconic to me. Damn. Damn. You listen to that, Jennifer Lawrence? I don't know you listen to this pod. <laughs> um, I think that also works as final thought. It's honestly a very that good was final like thought. That was incredible. Yeah. I have nothing to say that would I have, beat that. No, I actually nothing. have nothing to say. Um, so I think now is the time to ask the question, will, will Emma, Emma Thompson, Thompson endure? endure? And honest, do you want to go? Should I go first? Do you want to go first? How about we all say our answers on the count of three? Okay. One, two, three. Yes. I don't really care for her. I don't think, I don't <laughs> yeah. actually remember anything about her. Um, when you told me to dissociate, I did immediately. And so I wasn't listening to any of this. No, obviously, yes. Yeah, I think the, to yeah. the point of like, um, even if there was no persona, there is the work. Mm-hmm. Like that is kind of the encapsulation. It's really of, beautiful like, to think about. Yeah. And I think that it's important. Like, I mean, I think that she broke a lot of ground that maybe people yes. don't understand, yes. but like continues to do. And I think even that thing where she was like, I don't want to work with 
who was it that she she talked about the wage gap? Yeah, the guy at the uh, Pixar Disney, guy. Yeah, yeah, Pixar, yeah, yeah. Who also like ended up being uh, an abuser. Like, right, a Me Too moment. And I feel like she was right there. And yeah. like, I think Emma Thompson has always way. kind of, I think, it, like, I think she'll endure because I think later on, you know, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, when someone writes her biography, they're going to go back and realize she was kind of a zealot who was like mm. there like three steps before everyone else. She yeah. was like writing and directing before women could do mm-hmm. that. She was talking about abuse in the industry before, before that was a thing. Yeah. She was talking about wage gap before that's a thing. Taboo. Yeah. Like, even when it feels like, well, this is the obvious right thing to do. It's it's not it's, it's not, not it's right. not like easy, easy, but she is one of the people who like very quickly was like Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's definitely a sense where she's flying under the radar all the time. Like, yeah, everybody knows who she is and she's globally famous, but at the same time, I kind of feel like people just think like she's refined and she does some things and I saw her in Harry Potter and <laughs> she's like you know I'd like to have a cup of tea with her that seems like that'd be mm-hmm. fun right. but I think the years will bear out that she had actual political cultural significance yeah damn I mean you're just killing it <laughs> you both are just like are just like, like oh uh, when we have like a real critic on and we're like oh uh, oh yeah, yeah are you agree yeah, for oh, sure oh yeah <laughs> um gosh what a really I don't know. I really enjoyed this episode. I had a great time. Oh, my God. I had a great time. Learned a lot, felt a lot, made some memories, did a lot of blow. (laughs) We were were railing. railing. If you say that, you can't become a dame. You got to... Strike I mean, uh, blowing uh, I wind think. towers because <laughs> I was building them with children who the children were are building the wind towers. Child soldiers, you can't. But, but now they're child, child laborers. Labor. Now they're child laborers. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, uh, they're adults now. They mm-hmm. just turned eighteen. They were and child they soldiers. They asked for the job. They wanted uh-huh. this. They wanted this. Are you you're paying you're them? Good. You course corrected. Oh, fuck. Uh, I gotta go. Damn. <laughs> I gotta talk to my PR guy. <laughs> it's Emma Thompson. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this thank episode. You. Thank you so much, Rachel, for thank coming you for on. Having me. Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to plug your Twitter? Your oh work, yeah, you can or... follow me on Twitter at rachsyme r a c h s y m e, and uh, be on the lookout for further incredible, fun articles. Uh, she's a freaking writer extraordinaire, and uh, you honestly, you probably read the work and liked it. If you yeah, don't even know, I'm sorry, I even know. Uh, uh, so please. Check her out. Uh, you can see us live. Thank you. IRL mm-hmm. at Union Hall. Yes. On November 9th. Yes. At oh, yes. 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's a Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's a whole day of awesome Forever Dog podcast, but ours is at 3 p.m., so please come to that. Please come spend your uh, afternoon with us. We've got an incredible special guest. One, Miss Julie Klausner is Woo! coming on. Yes. yes. And we're so excited. Uh, she's coming on the pod. We're going to have lots of fun games and we store. Might, we might wear suits. We haven't figured it we out We haven't yet. figured it out, but we're going to We're going to turn a look. We're going to be very Emma Thompson of you. Mm-hmm. True. Okay, Olivia and I are both going to shave our heads and wear suits, so please <laughs> so come, please and come and support us. Um, guys, thank you so so much. Uh, if you like the episode, make sure you like, you share, you subscribe, you leave a comment on iTunes. That really helps us out. Yes, it does. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your lovers. Tell your enemies. Tell Someone them. will like it. Someone will <laughs> like it. I don't know. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening. I'm Ayo. And I'm Olivia. And we'll see you on Friday. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey. 
For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, if you like hilarious comedians talking about things they're obsessed with, you'll love our podcast, The Unofficial Expert. Now go listen to all of our episodes right now. Bye.